I'm Jimmy Schmidt, and you're listening to the first episode of The Other Side. This episode, we're building bridges with Malachi Burrow, a self-identified anarchist and anti-fascist, and understanding the roots of their political ideology. So introduce yourself to the podcast. Okay, uh, my name's Malachi Burrow. Uh, I'm non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. I would probably politically describe myself as through the labels of anarchist, libertarian socialist, usually just leftist, um, secular humanist. Outside of that, um, I just want people to live the best possible lives that they can. Okay. You said that you were an anarchist. Uh, Talk a little bit more about that. There's some misconceptions there about what that is specifically. Yeah. uh, So... First off, Antifa is not an organized group. Uh, that That's a common misunderstanding through uh, more what I would call centrist media, yeah. where you have people who th- – there is no organized group. It's a bunch of collectives. When I say anarchist, uh, I'm not someone who wants to throw Molotov cocktails through the windows of big businesses or small businesses. Uh, I believe in destroying all unjust hierarchies, so – Things like the patriarchy and uh, the idea of whiteness, uh, which is the social construction that basically perpetuates racism in Western civilization, for those who might not know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to destroy all of these things, and I feel like um, states, not governments, but states are unjust hierarchies where we can have more so governments that are more one-to-one representatives of the people where it's more about people in certain communities being able to guide ourselves better than having more autocratic states do it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought that that was really important to get into because uh, a lot of people, like you said, it, they think that it's just about the throwing Molotov cocktails. And whereas there's an actual uh, designation for what anarchy is. Um, yeah. So being that you are an anarchist, how did you get to that position? Like, how did you get into politics? Maybe let's start there. Uh, my journey into politics is, I, I, I don't know how atypical my own experience is versus other people who might be leftist or liberal, conservative, whatever have you. Um, I guess my political influences starts with some of the music I was listening to when I was younger. Uh, I listened a lot to Rage Against the Machine okay. and, uh, system of a down which are two i don't know if i would call them leftists but they are towards that area where they're Mm. i don't know if they want to do away with capitalism some of them probably do but not all of them um but they do but they talked about like imperialism and colonialism being bad and the historic racism in the united states talking about the injustice that we did in the iraq war um basically talking bad on the bush administration okay uh and i feel like that was my entryway around 2016 i could vote and so i started getting into politics and i started listening to kyle kalinsky who is uh a left-wing commentator Mm -hmm. he's the host of uh secular talk on youtube is it on the radio as well uh i believe so i don't know (laughs) where you could find it on there but I, I believe it is also a, a radio show, but most of his segments, I think all of his segments go onto YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of 
there was the around 2016 2015 there was the like anti-sjw bubble which is where comedy and like review content kind of became like overtly political and uh that's where i think a lot of people my age i, I being 22 uh started under like getting their influence of politics from these content creators so i watched some of these content creators some of them i didn't watch uh i think my politics might be different if i would li have listened to some of them i might not be as far left as i was uh or as i currently am i might have gone down like the all right pipeline as it's called where it's youtube and other social media organizations tend to have a recommendation feature that allows you to go farther and farther right until you find yourself on neo-nazi channels yeah i and sorry sorry to cut you off but i i actually um before i um before about 2018 um that's when i started to vote i'm 20 and i mm -hmm. almost went down that that pipeline that you just started talking about right now like that was something that i found myself like and i kind of snapped out of it but it was really weird uh yeah to... it's who were who were the content creators that like drew you down that pipeline i'm curious it, it because was... i have my own mm -hmm. it was um well it started with crowder with steven crowder and then yeah. um sargon of akkad was the big one i think which yeah. looking back is like hilarious to, to think about because but... he's like just an open white nationalist at this point yeah. like not even like me trying to smear he's just an open white nationalist yeah. at this point <laughs> and but I, I think back then it was a little bit more uh coded i guess and yeah um ben shapiro ben shapiro is more like uh like religious traditionalism but that's yeah that's still like they they are friends with um the alt right mm -hmm. very close if Dennis yeah. Prager yeah yeah so y you mentioned a lot of people that were online and a lot of online content creators were there were there anybody that you knew in in your own real life uh like personal connections that you had with somebody that really influenced you in that in that position um so my parents did introduce me into a lot more left-leaning content that which i don't know if they fully understood how left-wing the content was mm -hmm. um because they do more so identify as conservative uh i probably put them at like a centrist level okay where they i believe both my parents were two-time obama voters who went towards trump in 2016. okay um and I'm trying to make sure they don't vote for Trump again, if that yeah. is a, a possibility. So I'm trying to think. Uh, I have a circle of friends. I have a podcast that I do with uh, two fellow non-binary people who are both uh, about as left as I am. I think okay. I'm a little more on the libertarian versus authoritarian than them, and they're farther left than I am. But we're all basically in the same bubble of uh, what you would call far left. Mm -hmm. Um. And they were um, a big influence on, like, making me just see how these ideologies can work in practice and how how to achieve the world that which I want to see. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. You you've mentioned your your position. What what are if what are 
like you know wedge issues right uh issues that yeah. um are kind of controversial um what what would be if you had to pick three what were what are the most important issues uh for you universal health care is the first um addressing climate change is definitely up there and there's so many issues that are important i'm going to say uh lgbtqia plus equality okay cool cool so let's start with um with healthcare. you said universal healthcare, but there are a couple different ways that we could achieve universal health care if you um the two big ones being uh two tier um it's kind of like how france has it and then there's the single payer which is the more common of the two if you had to do you would you have a preference of which one we would have uh, i prefer single payer okay but um either way we get it in is fine i'm even fine with a public option mm. which uh i know might be controversial to some leftist yeah um yeah. but when i describe myself as a leftist i talk in ideals and where i want to i'm i'm never going to see an anarchist revolution in the united states in my lifetime <laughs> yeah and I fully acknowledge that. I'm not going to see a leftist revolution. If mm -hmm. there's a, any revolution that's going to happen in the United States right now, it's going to be a fascist one. Mm -hmm. um, but I do have these ideals, and I want to move future generations into a direction where they could reach those ideals that I have. And so even if it is a public option, that which Biden is for, which mm -hmm. it, great, Um I'm fine with having that because the more people who have health care, the less people we die because of not being able to get regular checkups and having things that shouldn't be problems become life-threatening issues. Yeah. And then, so you, you and then you talked about climate change. Um, what, what kind of, uh, what kind of change would you like to see in that area? When it comes to climate change, I feel like we need to do more to change regulations around how big businesses do uh, disposal. Like, uh, I believe 30% of all of the waste comes from, uh, like, the average consumer, and 70% of it comes from, like, I want to say 13 or 15 of, like, the biggest companies mm -hmm. uh, doing oil and other such things. Uh, and so... The problem isn't the average person creating the waste. It's these huge corporations who have multi, who are multi-billion-dollar corporations. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to put regulations on them so they aren't ruining the environment for everyone else. Yeah, yeah. You, you. Uh, this you, is this is just what we have. Yeah, you, you talked about um, like most of it being big business. This is kind of tangentially related, but in, in mm -hmm. California, you, you're probably aware we had like a water crisis. A couple of years yeah. ago um yeah th there were tons of regulations for like individuals like I, I remember my dad got fined because he was um he was washing the outside of our house with a power washer and my dad got fined and then um but there were no there were no stops for the agriculture industry which i mean is is understandable because mm -hmm. uh, agriculture is so big in california but at the same time like there were no 
barriers for agriculture, but then there were very strict regulations for uh, individuals. And so um, with with LGBT rights, I um, I feel like the, the question is not what what would you like to see change, but what is the biggest threat? Because I correct me if I'm I'm wrong, but I, I feel like we are moving in a very good direction, but there is something there is a particularly with the 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 newest Supreme Court nominee, there is like a massive threat um, towards yeah. LGBTQIA plus rights. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the rights of uh, people who are queer, mm -hmm. I use that in the, not the derogatory sense, but in the sense of people who identify as LGBTQIA plus. Mm -hmm. um, the LGBTQ community has a lot of issues facing it and it depends on who you are in the community we need more representation for people who are intersex and we mm -hmm. need better education when it comes to people who are intersex because mm -hmm. you're not just not everyone is born male or female we need i think better education when it comes to the difference between what is a man and what is a woman and that fact that gender isn't intrinsically linked into someone's sex mm -hmm. um we need more just media representation uh that humanizes trans people whether they be uh binary or otherwise mm -hmm. there's a lot that we need to be doing and a lot of it's socially because there are uh, a lot of people who are I would describe more right wing who do not want people like me being I consider myself trans to not have human rights like the right to health care like our president uh, passed a law I believe in June or July I can't remember at the moment off the top of my head but where he just straight up said that we can be refused the right to health care which has been terrifying for me personally I've been trying to find a psychiatrist to re-diagnose me and to see if I can do anything for my gender dysphoria that I feel. But uh, my crippling anxiety and the fact that I could get refused from every psychiatrist in my area is a terrifying reality. Mm -hmm. um, and if anything is a threat, like any one specific thing, I think it's the rise of fascism that's happening in the United States that people kind of are refusing to talk about mm -hmm. as fascism. Which is I think um, foremost, I'm like, I'm an anti-fascist. I believe fascism should be stopped wherever it's seen. That's one of the reasons I started to define myself more so as a leftist is when I started. Uh, there's a quote from Whom the Bell Tolls by Ernest Hemingway where a character asks, uh, are you a communist? And the character replies, no, I'm, a, I'm an anti-fascist. Uh, and the first person says, uh, so when did you become an anti-fascist? And the person replies, uh, as soon as I found out about how fascism works, mm -hmm. which is how I operate, and the best way uh, to combat fascism from happening is that we have to have a secure liberal democracy, show why we need to have more leftist ideals, and eventually, once we live liberal democracy behind, we kind of close off that gateway to fascism happening outright mm -hmm. in a singular government. 
Yeah. Um, I know I kind of jumped ship there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's perfectly fine. Um, that, that's actually a really good topic. Um, so you mentioned uh, the rise to fascism, and, and that, that is a, a, a pressing issue in the United States. Um, yes. What do you what do you think is like because th there are a lot of people that are are when when they listen to this and they hear that there's a rise to fascism in the United States they're gonna say what no that there's no way right but um like w is there anything that you could point out to that is like um that you think would be like a a tell like the most obvious sign um to somebody like you or I who are left leaning. Um, give me a second. I'm pulling up, uh, an Ur fascism by Umberto Eco. He points out the 14 common features of fascism. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so when you start now, you don't have to reach all of these to be a fascist. And if you have some of these, that doesn't mean you are inherently a fascist, mm -hmm. but I, I want to read these points off and have people who are listening, compare this to certain people who are in power currently, mm -hmm. uh, mainly our president to see how similar he aligns to fascists. And then uh, after that, talking about the white nationalist that he just happens to endorse all the time. So um, the, uh, the first point is the cult of tradition. One ha uh, quote, one has only to look at the syllabus of every fascist movement to find the major traditionalist thinkers. The Nazi uh, were nourished by traditionalists uh, and occult elements. So worship, basically worshiping tradition, the rejection of modernism, the cult of action for action's sake, disagreement is treason, the fear of difference, like if you're, I don't know, someone who is a person of color, or if you're a non-cis person or a non-straight person, uh, appeal to social frustration, like saying, Look at the immigrants taking your jobs. Uh, the obsession with a plot. The enemy is both strong and weak. Uh, pacifism is trafficking with the enemy, like non-action and trying to be peaceful, like how Trump talks about the uh, Iran nuclear deal. Mm -hmm. Contempt is for the weak. Everybody is educated to become a hero. Basically, it's a death cult. Uh machismo and weaponry basically it's also like toxically masculine mm -hmm. and when i say toxically masculine like falling into toxic masculinity like not being able to share emotions like you have to be strong and yeah never show weakness selective populism so like universal health care but only for people who are in certain groups mm -hmm. uh and then like newspeak that which is using uh vocabulary and syntax to use dog whistles or to reduce things into nonsense mm -hmm. and i feel trump hits a lot of those 14 points uh it doesn't help he just said for the proud boys to stand by which have called themselves modern day brown shirts yeah <laughs> uh, so, what what are brown shirts for the people who who might not know what brown shirts are uh i want to make sure i say this correctly um so the, uh, they were the essay was the Nazi party's original pa uh, par paramilitary wing and it played a significant role in Hitler's rise to power. It basically, I believe they, they were, they were instrumental in the fascist in Germany 
gaining power. Mm-hmm. And the Proud Boys have literally said they want to fulfill that role for Trump. Yeah. This was this was probably the 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 one thing that everybody saw if they did research or look at the debates. I, I think this was um, it, it's it's insane to me that he did not just like say, "Hey, stop!" or "I denounce this," but he said, "Stand down and stand by," specifically, which was so interesting. I so this comes to like a lot of people who are more conservative or even people who are more liberal when i end up calling someone a fascist or a racist they get mad at me and saying that you shouldn't use those strong words i get Mm. that sometimes i i go on twitter and i hate myself for doing so uh so one of the things that i respond with is i don't care if trump in it of him like in his own heart is not a racist or isn't a fascist but if you do things that enable racism systematically or otherwise Mm -hmm. and you enable a rise in fascism which is like which i think trump enables with his anti-freedom of speech saying that you should uh, have up to a year in jail or like minimum a year in jail for burning a flag which is a the 9-0 Supreme Court decision in favor of burning the flag. Yeah. Like, that's just a constitutional right. Yeah. Regardless of how you feel about it, that is a constitutional right. You can disagree or agree with that, but that is a right given to us by our Constitution. Mm-hmm. And talking about increasing libel laws for journalists that speak bad about him, it's these things that are inherently fascistic. And I don't care if he himself is a white supremacist but he enables white supremacy and he doesn't talk bad about them. Mm-hmm. So if you bring up white supremacists and you don't bring up the fact that they're terrible people who want to be genocidal maniacs, then you aren't talking about them in the correct way because the proud boys are a bunch of racist anti-Semites yeah. and we should talk about them like they are degenerates of society. Yeah. We should talk about them, how they talk about trans people. Mm-hmm because they are the death of democracy Mm -hmm. and now i know that sounds really extreme but we've seen the warning signs it can happen here yeah the 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 biggest um i i'm I'm gonna have to go back in in editing and and research if this is actually true and I'll, i'll put something in in if it if it's not or there's some kind of correction but i believe the um it was either the biggest or the only political rally to happen at Madison Square Garden was the American Nazi Party in like the 20s or 30s. I know that it was big and I know it was at Madison Square Garden and I know it was American Nazis, but I don't know if it was like the largest rally or if it was the only rally to be at Madison Square Garden. But like, I mean, just the fact that we we're about to go fight the nazis and we had an american nazi party uh oh yeah meeting at a large stadium is kind of uh something that gets overlooked in our history way too much because we start talking about world war one in our history classes instead of talking about the fact that the american eugenicist movement from like the 1890s to like the 1930s is yeah. what inspired adolf hitler he literally cited yeah. the american eugenicist movement <laughs> as the reason and so when people start quoting people like Stoddard from the early 20th century who were 
fascist, they're just straight up fascist, then we should be concerned because this is what people like Richard Spencer and Milo Yiannopoulos and David Duke and all of these people are quoting people from the early 20th century who inspired Hitler. Yeah. I I, I just like I, I don't think it's talked about enough because um, people often like shoot down the idea of systematic racism. But like like when South Africa was creating their um, their apartheid system, they learned from the U.S. Like, yeah, like people talk about segregation like it was a thing that happened. It's just like, no, this was an apartheid system. Yeah. And like there are the effects of it still stand. Uh, there's a great video about uh, systematic racism by some more news. Mm -hmm. uh, a talks like debunking more conservative arguments of why systematic racism doesn't exist, usually from people who are into the internet, uh, the intellectual dark web. I kept wanting yeah. to put internet and intellectual together. Mm -hmm. uh, but that video is very good for anyone to kind of understand what systematic racism is and what it looks like, because you don't have to be saying the n-word and wearing a white hood to be a racist mm -hmm. um i believe if you enable systems of racism then you're a racist because uh like that old mark twain quote uh there's no uh difference between those who can't read and those who refuse to read i see there's no functional difference there is a difference mm -hmm. but there is no functional difference between someone who is racist and supports racist systems and someone who isn't racist and supports racist systems mm -hmm. your outcomes are still the same whether you believe it or not yeah so uh i i know that you you had something written down that you wanted to talk about did we hit it uh yeah i just had some uh like just some leftist influences that i have like obviously okay. like marx and chomsky yeah <laughs> like <laughs> okay so like marx obviously i've read the communist manifesto mm -hmm. the older i've gotten the more i've liked it i think i first read it when i was about 18 or 17 mm -hmm. and i thought it was an interesting ideal but wouldn't work in function and then i continued reading about it and more into theory and now i just find marx to be mostly correct mm -hmm. um chomsky for a 92 year old in 2020 is right on almost every issue except trans issues because he doesn't strongly support it enough he's mm. it's not that he's he's basically said like people who use they them pronouns like myself and people who uh who are trans like it's valid and it is a like struggle worth fighting for he just had, doesn't fight for himself which he should because uh if he i believe he believes in intersectionality that which mm. is the idea that if you're an oppressed group you should fight for other people of other oppressed groups um the best way that i can find to explain it is that if you're doing a march for black lives matter you're fighting for against the oppression of all black people well if your black lives matter isn't against it doesn't also fight ableism then you're fighting oppression only for black people who don't face uh disabilities mm -hmm. who, do, who do not have disabilities uh and if it doesn't stand for queer issues then you're only standing up for the rights to not be oppressed of black people who are cishet who don't have disabilities. Mm -hmm. And if you don't stand up for the rights of women, then you are specifically only fighting for cishet m black men who do not have disabilities. Mm -hmm. So you have to work in these intersections. If you, if you want all black people to be free, 
then that means every single person. You have to fight ableism at every chance and sexism and uh, any form of homophobia or transphobia at any point. Bigotry should be destroyed because to have any one group free, you kind of have to have all groups free. Mm. I, I Intersectionality actually is like the one of the harder things to understand for people who are uh, unfamiliar with lefty ideology i guess um yeah yeah i i'm glad i'm glad you kind of spelled it out because um the, ben shapiro had a a prager you video it, it i believe it was recently but um he he said that intersectionality was the oppression olympics and i was like that's not accurate come on now like I don't think it's the oppression Olympics to be like, okay, I am a white non-binary person, and that is a black trans woman. Now, we face similar oppression based on our gender identity, but they face an additional oppression because they're black. Mm-hmm. So, I, 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 do, I, I don't understand what makes, like, it's not about showing that we have more oppression. It's about recognizing that people are more oppressed than you are mm-hmm. and trying to help eliminate that oppression um there's this usually farther right talking point but i see this from people who are just conservative where they act like um trans trenderism is a thing where it's like this idea that trans people are just being trans because it's like the cool new thing which is a fundamentally ridiculous argument yeah which i can in case anyone is wondering why that's so ridiculous, as someone who is non-binary, I have to worry about every time I dress more feminine as someone who still keeps their facial hair mm-hmm. because I like to hold on to that aspect of my masculinity. But outside of that, I dress more feminine. I like makeup. I Traditionally feminine things I like. I like being in that semi-androgynous zone. So if I go outside and wear a dress, I have to worry about getting hate crime every mm-hmm. time i have to be worried about being refused health care when i go talk to a doctor if i could not be non-binary and be the same person i am i would not because not being non-binary isn't valid it's the fact that i am in a state of oppression that people like me including me aren't treated the same as everybody else and we wouldn't do this if this wasn't like the only way that we could live our lives without Mm -hmm. hating ourselves all the time yeah well i feel like that's an important thing to say yeah yeah that is that's yeah you're that is important thing to say because also like uh, i'm sure that there's i i I mean i don't know how many people this this that will listen to this uh but i i'm sure that there's somebody that um might stumble upon uh, the podcast that like it, it's kind of like a it's more of a solidarity type thing like th- there are more people that are, are struggling with the same thing that I am and just like saying that hey this is a problem I face will will kind of help somebody feel better about it because they're like hey like I'm not the only one like I'm not crazy yeah. you know um, so I, I, I wrote this down and I, I we talked about it a little bit before that you wanted to get into it, but uh, you wanted to talk about Trump and COVID since we are in a 
pandemic <laughs> currently as of recording. Yeah, as of recording, we're still under uh, the pandemic of uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah, um, I I don't know, I don't know how strict the regulations were here, um, but in California, we we had uh, a pretty strict lockdown. Um, like L.A., like it took like you, you know you've probably heard of like Los Angeles is ridiculous traffic. Um, my my friend, he lives down he lived down the 405 and i visited him for fourth of july and um he he to get to his place i had to go down the 405 which is the most traveled highway in the u.s and it it was a breeze like there was nothing and um i don't i don't know if it was any different out here i i don't know if much changed here we didn't have a lot of change we never had mandatory masks we we had a curfew for not too long, but um, not a lot was done. I think our governor personally did not do enough for our state. I feel like we should have had we should have done a Japan system nationwide where they basically they socialized everything. They they gave out masks for everyone, um, which our postal service was going to do just to let people know and then the trump administration said nope you're not going to give masks to everyone they were just going to do a service where everyone was going to get a mask and then trump's like no yeah and that baffles me not really because he i believe he is a fascist and he has a death cult around him where he can't admit that he's wrong yeah um but i feel like there's this there's this double standard that happens with conservatives and uh, more liberal leaning and left leaning people, where people will never shut up about H1N1, about how many people died because of swine flu. Oh yeah. But over two hundred thousand Americans died because Trump refused to do anything. Yeah. And, and like he closed down China, which wasn't a full close down. And really wasn't the biggest problem anyway. <laughs> yeah, there were already people here, and we should have treated them at, as soon as possible. And there there were so many other things that we could have done. We basically should have nationalized wages. Like, uh, I believe Spain did this, and it worked out fine. Spain's doing okay. So what, what do you mean when you say nationalized wages? Like So... What would happen is that the businesses can't fire anyone, and then the government takes on the responsibility to pay everyone's wages. Okay. Um, which some might say, that's extreme. But our military budget is bigger than the next 10 countries, most of which are our allies. And if we cut in half, we are still have the largest military budget by far than the next country. Mm -hmm. And I think it was either 2019's military increase or 2018's military increase could have paid for universal health care. Mm -hmm. So there, there's this contradiction where if I bring up I want health care for everyone, people will ask, how do you want to pay for it? But if you want 30 or 50 new tanks and a couple new jets and you want to perpetuate endless war in the Middle East, that doesn't have a price tag associated with it. That's just built into our American democracy, but mm -hmm. helping the people isn't built in. Which is yeah. strange to me. Yeah. Um, so, I I mean, I, I know it's kind of a weird question to ask, but 
because there are so many problems with the way uh, taxes and funding uh, is for our government. Um, but is that like the main way, like if in a perfect world or if you were in charge, like that's how you would pay for that system? Like you would just kind of cut the military budget? Uh, I would do that I cr increase taxes on the like uber rich. I don't think anyone should be a billionaire. No one can yeah. spend that much money in their lifetime. Yeah. And like to think that I, I think I, I heard, uh, you, you know, Hassan Piker, right? Yeah. I think the way he explained it was um, there's no way that like Jeff Bezos what uh, worked like a thousand times harder than like uh like a, 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 a millionaire or so like there's no yeah. way that he worked a thousand times harder than that person mm -hmm. to get to where he is well yeah and do you think he worked like a hundred thousand times harder than like the average like those amazon workers who pass out on the ground mm -hmm. uh like in amazon factories because they don't give them enough breaks mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah did you did you watch the uh when there there was a there was a there was some kind of committee where uh there was like the ceos of amazon facebook twitter apple i think it was about um did you do you know what i'm talking about I, i'm unfamiliar with what you're talking about um that basically there was a there was a house committee i um called and i i think it was about um monopolies i believe hold on i oh man, i don't know but i i remember like um whenever whenever there was a democrat who who was called to answer questions um they would be talking about they would ask amazon about um like predatory business practices and this one lady like this one congressperson she uh she brought up like diapers.com and um like i i had never heard of diapers.com but apparently like amazon like just cut the prices of their of the diapers they sold on on their website and they lost a lot of money during that month but then um diapers.com went out of business and then they they uh or they almost went bankrupt and then amazon bought diapers.com and i i thought like like that is if that's not predatory business practice i don't know what is like <laughs> yeah I, I i don't understand why so many people and i'm gonna use some more modern slang why do people simp for billionaires i don't <laughs> get this idea like why do people like elon musk he didn't he's not an engineer he didn't create anything tesla was already a company he just bought it and he mm. has literal blood money from south african emerald mines that which yeah. are from his family like he didn't he's not tony stark stop romanticizing <laughs> him he is a terrible billionaire who does not deserve the money he has yeah he's an idiot <laughs> i hate i hate elon musk yeah I, I just don't understand like the reddit dude bro fascination with elon musk I, I think it's I mean I mean part of me part of me wants to say that like Elon Musk is he's like I mean he, he kind of knows like the fundamentals right like because I mean you've, you've seen that you've seen that video there there was like the the Chinese billionaire uh, like Jack Wu or something and him and Elon Musk were on a were on a stage and then 
the one guy would just say some some wild crap and then and then elon would be like no no that's not how that works <laughs> like, like have you seen that ever no every time i think of elon musk i think of the cyber truck <laughs> where he's like these windows are indestructible crack breaks the window <laughs> oh man so like and the physics of that don't make sense you want your car to crumple or you will die in a car crash that's yeah. why cars do that that's not yeah. <laughs> i i just he's uh i just hate him yeah so much i i i don't understand why we need billionaires there are people who are homeless and we have more houses than like then we do the population of the U.S. We could probably give homes to homeless people. Yeah. We don't do that. We have billions of dollars sitting in people's bank accounts that they will never use and only will pass on to inheritance. Mm -hmm. Why can't we just use that to make sure everyone has, like, food and water and shelter? Like, that's all I want for people. I don't want to, like, have, like, an authoritarian regime come in and now we're all, like atheist gays like some people act like communists want uh like i i just want people to have health care i want us to live in a clean environment i want food water and shelter for everyone regardless of tax bracket like that's that's all i want the world to be if the world is like that before i leave and i help to get there then like i feel like i've done enough mm -hmm. on my time on this earth and i I, the, the Nordic system gets brought up a lot, but like Sweden, mm -hmm. Sweden is a country of nine million people, I think, and they have yeah. nine billionaires. And then uh, I, I forget, I forget how many billionaires the United States has, but it's like less per capita. The United States has less billionaires per capita than Sweden, mm -hmm. and I, I feel like that is the, like that is the like the telltale sign. Like we could implement more taxes we could move towards yeah. that nordic system and things would still be fine and dandy that like yeah there would be no economic like hindrance like um, yeah. a lot of free market people try to say there's a lot of people i'm not trying to straw man people when i mm -hmm. say this these are arguments that i've been given by people and that i hear constantly mm -hmm. uh for instance i i got political my senior year like about four years ago uh my like senior year of high school and i stopped standing for the pledge of allegiance because the under god thing was meant to atheist shame people during the cold war because stalin was an atheist mm -hmm. um and kind of banned religion which is a bad thing people should i like our secular government which we have no influence on religion and we mm -hmm. it should stay like that um but like I stopped standing for the Pledge of Allegiance because it was used to atheist shame people. And I'm not just got not say under God. I'm just not gonna do it. I don't have to pledge allegiance to the flag. I pay taxes. Yeah. It's I kind of then, a cult but, thing too. It's kinda of weird. Yeah, it's kind of cultish. Yeah. Um but so I would people would call me a Nazi, they would call me a communist, they would call me Chinese, which I think they meant like a Chinese communist like Mao, but like uh, I, I that's I, I'm presuming a lot. <laughs> I'm very white. I don't know why that was said. Anyway, like people would say like if you don't like it then leave. And uh that that's not why I'm criticizing. I'm criticizing because I like the US. I think we have the potential to be the greatest country. We're not right now. Mm -hmm. We don't have the happiest people 
we have super high prison rates. We have really high crime rates. And these are things that we can fix and do better on. We just need to, like, move forward and, like, not just say what we have now is good because it is what we have. The world can be better. Mm-hmm. I, I also, I think, like, I think you hit on a really good point um, that we, like, you and I are both lefties. We we don't yeah. hate the U.S. Like, this yeah. is, like, I I think I, I when I was driving here from California, um, I, I'm on campus right now in St. Louis, and I, I think I saw a sign that, like, a billboard that was, like, um, if you don't like it, then leave Trump 2020. I, there, there were a bunch of like billboards, like there were like, as you're passing them, like you see them. And then I, I know for a fact, there was one that said, if you don't like it, then leave. And I, I was like, that, that's not why I criticize. It's not because I don't like the U S I, I love this country. I love living here, you know, like, yeah, I just want it to be better for more people. And that's like the crux of the position. It's not like, oh, I hate this country. This country is so much better. Mm-hmm. I like, like, I love this country and I want it to be as good as I can see that it can. Yeah. Like, I see such potential in our constitution is like the greatest living document. Yeah. I love our constitution has flaws. I, I don't want to get into that. Yeah. The 13th Amendment's weird. Yeah. With slavery's basically bad unless it's through our private prison or prison systems Mm -hmm. um which that's a whole other thing but i lost my train of thought (laughs) um we we don't hate the u.s oh yeah like uh there's this allen ginsberg poem called america which kind of like where he's not ashamed for like having a socialist and communist background and that he doesn't hate America. He just loves it so much that he has to criticize it because loving America isn't sticking by it no matter what. It's being able to look at America for what it is and be able to criticize it and praise it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is a quick aside. Um, did you did you have like uh, like a target time? For how much time you wanted to spend on this, or uh, I'm fine with however long we want to uh, go on this. I didn't know if you had any time obligations. Yeah, I don't have know. a time obligation to like five o'clock, so I'm like okay. <laughs> so I'm just fine with whatever. Okay. I don't know if you had like a it needs to be under a certain amount or not. Yeah, I I mean as far as I know, I don't. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I I'll. Uh... I'm gonna to have to send an email later, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't have any um, time obligations. Uh, let's see, what else could we talk about? Um, is there anything else that um, you you feel important? I know you talked about, uh, or you wanted, to, or you asked if we were gonna get into current events. Um, mm-hmm. were, were there any current events in particular that you wanted to get into? I don't know if I should speak on Trump having COVID or not, because I yeah. feel like it people get mad take. if I talk. I it is a spicy yeah. take, but I think people I think people can understand where I come I come from on my take, mm-hmm. but I don't know if uh I think if I just say my take outright without explaining it, people will assume the worst out of me. 
is there a way that you could give the explanation first yeah and then give the take yeah so uh trump has covid i find it ironic it's hilarious to me it's like a guy throwing a boomerang and saying look at this boomerang it's not gonna come back it's a it's fake look it's made in china it's not look it's fake he throws the boomerang and he keeps talking bad about the boomerang uh and then it hits him in the back of the head and he falls over that's how i feel about trump dying of covid and i don't feel sympathetic for trump having covid because i don't wish anyone to die mm -hmm. but as someone who has been denied health care rights so if i'm getting a car crash or i get covid19 i could go to a hospital and be like hey i'm showing signs of covid i need to be treated and they ask me questions and they assume my gender and i say no i'm non-binary a doctor can look and be like mm, i don't want to i don't want to serve you <laughs> i don't yeah. want to like you know do my medical oath and help you mm -hmm. that's a thing so if trump somehow ends up dying of a disease he won could have prevented from being as big of an issue and wasn't trying to oppress uh minorities that include myself then i might feel more sympathetic to him but from my eyes he's a fascist who wants people like me to die of possible medical complications so if he dies of a medical complication i'm not gonna feel so sorry for him i'm just gonna laugh and I know, that seems harsh, and that's not civil, and I should be the bigger person, but I'm not going to. I shouldn't have to be. He doesn't wish – he's not a civil interlocutor. He's not someone who's trying to be a good person. Mm -hmm. He's just trying to win. And if he ends up dying of COVID, then uh, then he dies of COVID. And if he doesn't die, then he doesn't die. I'm not like – praying every night that'd be weird because i'm an atheist but like i'm not praying by my bedside every night now going like i hope trump dies of covid yeah but like if he dies i'm not gonna feel sad about it i'm not gonna feel bad about it if anything i'm going to laugh and have a fun night of drinking afterwards and then yeah. probably never think about it again except yeah politics so i will have to think about it yeah um I, is that a spicy take i i don't i i don't feel like it is but it might be to some people and i can you know understand I mean? why that might be to some people i feel like those people also probably don't face systematic oppression yeah now if someone does think that i'm stepping out of line and is someone who faces systematic oppression i still think you're wrong but i i don't see a lot of people recognizing their systematic oppression and feeling sorry for the dude who's systematically oppressing people yeah yeah um i i lost my train of thought i was gonna say something um yeah um i i yeah i think i think it might be uh might be a uh, time to call it because I can't think of anything. Um, well, uh, thanks for thanks for being on the uh, the first episode. I'm, no problem. That was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah.
Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this episode with a left winger, watch out for the next episode with a right winger.